It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Thursday, wherever you are at. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, all across Broncos country from the South Stands to the end zone. You are Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, senior NFL analyst for Pro Football Network and Broncos insider for the Lockdown Podcast Network. You guys can follow me on social media. You can interact with me there at Cody Rourke NFL. You can join the tech. Text line 303-529-6323. Join me through community. Text with me one-on-one. Love and interacting with all of you in Broncos country. And also check out the YouTube channel too, Cody Work NFL. We have some off-season film review content coming your way. We're going to take a look at player seasons. We're going to take a look at specific drives. We're going to look at specific big plays and break them down one by one all off-season long. You're going to have Broncos film content alongside your daily listening content here. Lockdown Broncos every single day on your favorite podcast provider, folks. But with that said, Today's episode of the show, it's going to be very special. It's going to be an interactive episode. You know, I love interacting with Broncos country. We're going to start things off with some Broncos news and notes as it pertains to Justin Simmons. There is some good traction as it pertains to the Broncos bringing him back into 2021 under George Payton's new tenure as the GM for Denver. Plus, we're also going to reflect a little bit on one of our good friends in the AFC West, former AFC West rival Philip Rivers, who announced his retirement. I'm going to share some responses from Broncos country, share my favorite memories of Philip Rivers. He's no longer in the AFC West. He's no longer in the NFL, but there's some good times and some bad times. I think we can all reflect on, obviously, for him. I think he's got a potential Hall of Fame career. Uh, you know, one of those quarterbacks I'll never forget his toughness. Not going to spend too much really focused on that, but obviously I think that, you know, we deserve to uh, spend some time on Philip Rivers here today. But first things first, let's get started with some Broncos news and notes, some Broncos action for you today on this beautiful Thursday, whether you're listening at home, whether you're listening on your way to work, whether you're on your lunch break, or whether you're on your way home from work or you could be listening to us while you're making dinner as well. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Lockdown Broncos. And a quick reminder, yesterday's episode was actually our 900th episode together, folks. And I tell you what, it's been crazy getting that far along. Now, this is 901. We've got 99 more, folks. And then we are at 1,000. We're going to look to bring on a very special guest for when the 1,000th episode does occur. So I'm keeping an eye on that. Probably going to happen when the new season starts. So stay tuned for all that. But let's get into some good news here as a to the Broncos. Uh, we obviously, we heard on yesterday's episode of the show, we heard of George Payton's introductory press conference. We talked about some of the biggest keys that he discussed in his press conference, his ideas, his vision, his philosophy for the organization. And one of those things he talked about was keeping the good players. Now, after his press conference, George Payton did a, you know, kind of a media tour. He went on various media stations, KOA. He went on 104.3 The Fan. 
And he was asked a question on 104.3 The Fan on the drive. He was asked a question as it pertained to Justin Simmons, the Broncos' impending unrestricted free agent who played last season on the franchise tag. Career-high interceptions of five this season. Uh, put in a phenomenal season on a prove-it deal. He was asked about his, his thoughts on Justin Simmons. It was more along the lines that... From afar, he's noticed Justin Simmons, and he wants to do whatever he can. He believes he's going to do whatever he can to keep Simmons in Denver, that the Broncos have to find a way to make it happen. That right there is the best news that we have heard. And, and folks, I want to give a little bit of background on the scenario here. This is George Payton's team. This is not John Elway's team. I imagine we're going to see a change in strategy when it comes to contract negotiations. And and I wouldn't even be surprised, folks, and you heard it here first on Lockdown Broncos, I wouldn't even be surprised if the Broncos make changes to their salary cap, not their salary cap negotiator, but their contract negotiator, Rich Hurtado, who is formerly Justin Simmons' agent, previously of CAA. Simmons is now rep by Todd France. Hurtado came over, leaving the agency to to work for an organization, I imagine things are going to change. If George Payton wants Justin Simmons in a Broncos uniform, it's going to happen. He's going to make it happen. Justin Simmons has proved that. He's a Tier 1 safety in the National Football League with his on-field play and production and what he brings to the organization off the field, which ties in with what Payton had said as well, that they want high-character guys within the organization. They want captains. They want leaders. Justin Simmons is all of the above and that much more for this Denver Broncos organization. So I think that really bodes well into the favor of Simmons staying in Denver. And Simmons obviously... uh, you know, he's waiting for the offseason to uh, to officially begin. The new league year begins in March, I believe the second week of March, and he's going to have some offers, but Denver, I wouldn't be surprised if Denver franchise tags him first and then they work on a deal and get it done. That, to me, I think is something that is going to be worked on. I believe it is priority number one for George Payton as he begins his 10 year as the Denver Broncos general manager. So Broncos country, if you guys have loved Justin Simmons, there is good news headed your way. More than likely, Simmons will stay in Denver. Obviously, we're going to wait and see, obviously, when that news becomes official, if they can work out a long-term deal that would be great overall for Denver this doesn't have John Elway's influence on it anymore John Elway we've known historically has been very frugal when it comes to negotiating contracts managing the money and I believe the Broncos they're sitting at about 195 million right now of free cap space or just overall cap that'll be their cap room Mike Kliss had touched on that and yesterday on social media that the Broncos are rolling over I believe it was 11 million or 17 million one or the other I can't remember off the top of my head but they were rolling it over into the season, which bodes well for them. Now, if they decide to part ways with Jarrell Casey and A.J. Bouye, they're going to save a lot of money, folks, as it pertains to having cap space to maybe make some moves for some financial flexibility. But now let's touch on one of our favorite uh, rivals in the AFC West. You know, I think for me growing up as a kid when I was a Broncos fan, I'm not a Broncos fan anymore because I cover the team. I, I won't be bringing you good coverage if I view the game, if I observe the team, if I cover the team as a fan, I can't do that. So my fandom is gone, folks. You get the best view of the football realm when it comes to Broncos country from my perspective here. Uh, But in terms of when I was a fan, I remember being in middle school when Phillip Rivers really took over for that Chargers team in San Diego. Jay Cutler was the quarterback and and I'll never forget that Christmas Eve day, right? It was the Christmas Eve or it was Christmas Day where they were just, Phillip Rivers was trash talking Jay Cutler from across the field and the cameras caught it. I never disliked somebody so much, right? But that was me when I was a fan. But as I've gotten older, as I've gotten to be in the business, been able to cover the NFL, I've really appreciated seeing Phillip Rivers kind of evolve in a sense. You know, his trash talk is never with vulgarness. I mean, he is, he'll say some stuff, but he'll never cuss. And, and a couple Broncos fans wanted to share some of their favorite memories altogether. So that was one of my favorites for Phillip Rivers. Uh, obviously, just 
seeing him, you know, all the trash talk, Von Miller and him going back and forth. I love that. And seeing Von Miller sack him. Uh, but Bridget Shoemaker, she says him saying that he loves our stadium and the environment. His quote was, I think some of the success plus the pure beauty of the stadium and the atmosphere is one of the reasons why I am enjoying playing in Denver. I'm always thankful each and every time we can come here. Obviously, a lot of grace for Philip Rivers as a competitor. A lot of respect between him and Von Miller. Uh, Terry Kimber says every time he complained, every pass play that wasn't called, uh, biggest whiner in football, Brady's a close second. So some love, some not so strong love him altogether. Luke Hutchison says him taunting Cutler on Christmas Eve. All the other answers are wrong. And then lastly, George Wagner says getting into it with Jay Cutler from the sideline. So obviously a lot of history there from Philip Rivers as it pertains to his history going against the Denver Broncos. It was really weird seeing him in an Indianapolis Colts uniform this year. But Broncos country will remember Phillip Rivers. I think he's going to do a phenomenal job as a high school football coach coming up here in the future, folks. But before we get into our live YouTube, Twitter, AMA discussion here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, folks, I got to tell you guys about the two sponsors of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends of their rockauto.com and betonline.ag. And when you need something for your vehicle, whether it's a part, whether it's just something for design, whether it's for look, rockauto.com. Auto.com is where you need to go. And one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same exact auto parts at a chain store or a bigger chain store online when you can get that at rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years, folks. They've been doing this a long time. You got to go with what's reliable. And family is the number one priority for me and my life. That's why I rock with rockauto.com for auto and body parts that I can shop for from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle based on year, make, model, and you can choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On Broncos in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need rockauto.com and our good friends over there at betonline.ag folks it is AFC NFC championship weekend here this weekend and there is only one place that has you covered and there's only one place that we trust that is betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on that's one word locked on for your 50% welcome bonus Patrick Mahomes is slated to play in this game against Josh Allen do you have the Bills taking this victory taking the upset over Kansas City do you have Aaron Rodgers dethroning Tom Brady in the NFC Championship? You can bet on it at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, everybody? Welcome into our YouTube and Twitter live Q&A here on Lockdown Broncos. This episode airs on Thursday, folks. Very happy for all of you listeners to be joining us here today. I'm going to start doing these things probably once every week where we get to jump into here. You guys get to ask your Broncos questions, a live Q&A. Whatever Broncos thoughts or questions you may have, throw them up. I'll get to them on the comments, pull it up on the screen. But uh, obviously a lot of really cool things in store for us as we approach the offseason here for this Broncos football team. One of the things we're going to 
to be doing is our film room is going to be expanding exponentially. We're going to be taking a look at single players. We're going to take a look at almost probably every player that was on the Broncos active 53-man roster during the 2020 season. Once free agency rolls around, any kind of signings the Broncos make, you can expect a film review on that player, what type of fit they'll bring to the Broncos altogether. We'll throw that up for you guys uh, on the YouTube channel, Cody Work NFL. Make sure you guys are also following along on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. Uh, but obviously, one of the things we got going on here is, is we want to include you, the listeners, in the shows. Sometimes we do Monday mailbag. Sometimes we do text message Tuesday. Uh, but this is a, a live YouTube session here, folks. So throw your Broncos comments and thoughts in the chat. I will get to them. Broncos Avenue on Instagram pops in, showing some love there. Obviously, a lot of fun Broncos content, a lot of interactive stuff, I think, for uh, Broncos fans to be able to check out. So if you're on Instagram, check out at Broncos Avenue. My man Zach Seegers of Pro Football Network popping into the chat. He says, hey, Cody, can we get a Zach Wilson love session? Well, here's the deal. I love Zach Wilson as a quarterback. I think he's got some nice traits, some tools and intangibles. I think he's a quick, decisive guy. But there's obviously flaws to this game. There's flaws to every quarterback in this year's NFL draft. Denver's not going to be in a position more than likely to get a guy like Zach Wilson. Uh, I imagine he's probably going to go in the top six, seven picks all, all, you know, altogether. But then again, some of these teams, what they do in free agency ahead of Denver in the draft order, that can change the game, I think, for what maybe Denver can do. So we're going to find out what George Payton has going on. But we're going to get to our comment here from Danny, 87-62-1. How do you think we should re- rework the secondary? It's clear that we need some help immediately. And obviously, when you take a look at the situation regarding A.J. Bouye. He's going to be suspended the first two games of the 2020 NFL season. A few days ago here on the show, I actually threw out the idea. I think if the Broncos are going to pursue a trade of any sorts, they need to pursue a trade regarding Marshawn Latimer because he's facing one more year left on his deal with the New Orleans Saints. They have a lot of cap hell coming their way, cap purgatory. And look, it might be a good decision for both. I mean, watching him in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, him going against Mike Evans, He's got that cornerback one. I mean, he's a cornerback one. Don't get me wrong. He's got that all-American, all-pro type vibe to him, and he's versatile, can play press man-to-man coverage, can play off zone. He can do a variety of different things, and he's going to match up against your opposing wide receiver, uh, the number one wide receiver and the opposing team that you go against. Uh, obviously, I think Parnell Motley uh, showed a little bit, too. And, and here's the deal. Some Broncos fans are going to be down on him because he gave up a touchdown against the Raiders in the Week 17 regular season finale, but I urge you guys to not look at just the mistakes players make. Look, players are going to make mistakes, absolutely. Don't just look at the mistake that they make and say, look, okay, bam, that, you know, he gave up a touchdown. He's never going to be good. That type of mindset doesn't work. Every player, every cornerback is going to get burnt for a touchdown at some point. The age of the shutdown cornerback, in my opinion, is gone. We don't really see too many games where a cornerback is going to hold a, a team's number one wide receiver to zero catches. I mean, it, it does happen. I mean, Michael Thomas had zero catches on four targets. You know, there's that fact, you know, fact right there. But he's dealing with injuries. He's dealing with a variety of stuff there. Marshall Lattimore would make the Broncos, I think, instantaneously better in the secondary because my skepticism that I have for Denver at the cornerback position as it pertains to the NFL draft, look, Patrick Sertain is is a guy that a lot of people are saying, look, he's not a Vic Fangio style of cornerback. He's not a good fit, but that's basing it off of the college level. I think he can play man-to-man coverage. A lot of people are saying, well, he's not really a zone cover cornerback. 
Well, Denver didn't play too much zone in 2020. Denver played a lot of man. They played a lot of cover one robber coverage. They played some cover four. They played some cover two. They played cover two man. They, they, they mixed their coverages up. You're basing that. A, a player can't fit on that just because of what he did in college. I think that level of thinking is wrong. If a player coming out of college can't adapt to different schemes, they're not going to have a long career in the NFL. Everyone's going for Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, but here's the deal. He didn't play in 2020, folks, and there are some injury concerns there. So, I mean, I think Patrick Sertain is probably the number one cornerback in this year's NFL draft. Is he going to go to Denver? I'm not quite sure. Denver's got a lot of options they have to figure out, and obviously some cap rollover as well. But thank you for your question there, Danny. Broncos Avenue says, what do you personally think that the Broncos should do to address the team in the first round? And and look, I I think this is part of the hardest topic of discussion uh, to have right now, right here in January, on January 20th, 2021. It's a hard conversation to have. I mean, we can speculate as to what Denver needs, what they need to do. But we're not going to have a real definitive idea, folks, until NFL free agency comes out. Right when the new league year rolls around and Denver starts making moves, I think after the dominoes start to fall in place a little bit and George Payton gets to work, Denver's going to have an idea as to what they can do, what they probably should do for the NFL draft. They're going to go through the process with the scouting and the personnel department, and they're going to go through and they're going to look at, okay, which players would potentially be a good fit offensively or defensively based on the scheme, based on the players, based on the needs that our team currently has. I think Denver and free agency, what we're going to see, they're going to address some needs in free agency. Obviously, one of those biggest needs, re-signing Justin Simmons a little bit earlier on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. I touched on that in terms of what George Payton said when he did an immediate tour after his introductory press conference. Justin Simmons appears to be a very top priority for him, so that's good news for Denver. As it pertains to quarterback, look, I imagine that they're probably going to look in free agency first, but if they don't address quarterback in free agency, you can almost expect that probably the NFL draft, if they don't trade for a guy, the NFL draft is probably going to be a more likely scenario there. Brother Lou says, need need to seek a middle linebacker to cover opposing tight ends. You know, I I think that Denver, this is a narrative too that I've kind of wrestled with as well. You know, we we see Travis Kelsey we see guys like Darren Waller inside the AFC West. I don't necessarily know if a, if a true hybrid cover linebacker, like guys even like Fred Warner, for example, of you know San Francisco 49ers, I, I think that the way that schemes are now for offenses, because offenses, they're not just putting tight ends in line anymore. They're flexing them in the slot. They're flexing them on the outside. They're using them as a wing in a sense or as a sniffer and then leaking them out. It, it's hard to be able to match just a, a middle linebacker on a tight end, but there are certain situations where you will get a, uh, you know, a tight end, depending on your scheme Vic Fangio's scheme the middle linebacker doesn't necessarily match up with the tight end most of the time the middle linebacker is always playing man coverage in a sense if they are running man coverage he's always man aligned to the tailback so if the tailback is on the right you know the wheel depending on the the formation Sam or weak strong uh, or wheel Mike or you know the weak side backer you're going to have those alignments Josie Jewell Alexander Johnson they all matched up against tailbacks this year out of the backfield there's a couple times where they matched up depending on if there was an empty formation if teams went empty like for example week 17 Derek Carr and the Raiders they went empty they had three receivers to one side and, and they had Darren Waller lined up as the number three receiver Alexander Johnson kind of cheated he played the apex between the end man which is the tackle of the line of scrimmage and inside number three which was Darren Waller and, and they were playing a zone coverage at that point so not necessarily you know man coverage situation Justin Stern it's also everyone's saying LeBron need to go middle linebacker but don't forget about Justin Stern out of Wake Forest he didn't get a play in 2020 obviously he had a, an injury sustained in training camp that required season ending surgery but I, I tell you what folks if you go through and you watch 
watch my film review that I did on Justin Sternid. Um, you know, I've talked with his defense coordinator from Wake Forest, Lyle Hemphill. He's a hybrid. He's going to learn his defense. And, and the fact that he missed all of 2020, you know what that tells me? He was still involved in the meeting room. He was still involved in the position room on the day-to-day, in the position meetings. He understands this playbook. He's learning it, right? He's got it all up here mentally. Now, the thing for him is going to be able to carry that over into the physical side of things. I think that's going to be very important for him. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to continue our conversation here with the avid listeners on YouTube and Twitter on our Lockdown Broncos live portion on today's episode of the show. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys to check out the newest show here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and that is Lockdown Bets. If you need betting insight, your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports has you covered on the newest Lockdown Podcast. That is Lockdown Bets, folks, on your favorite podcast provider, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Check it out today if you would like to put your money on the line over there. Lockdown Bets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Getting into a few more questions on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our live Q&A session. We're going to start things off right here with Mr. Orange. He says, it's been said that Jeff Bezos has interest in an NFL team. If the Broncos get sold, I really doubt anyone can outbid him. I don't see the Bull and Children signing off on one owner. What do you see happening? Uh, you know, this is kind of a, you know, a, a touchy subject right now in Broncos country. I'm not going to go too far into it, but I'm just going to give you my opinion. I, I think that what the Broncos, I think what the clear writing on the wall is, is that, you know, the court case is going to happen in July at Arapahoe County Court between, you know, the, the trust versus the Bullen family. I think that Brittany Bowen is eventually going to become the controlling owner. I don't know when exactly that's going to happen, but it appears that's going to be the course that this whole trajectory is set on. Ultimately, I don't think. And look, there's there's part you know, there's part of me. I've seen reports that some people in the Bowen family want to sell the team. There's there's portions of the family that don't. That that's just speculation upon reports that we've seen. Some some rumors out there. I don't think that the team is going to be sold outside of the Bolin name. That's something that Pat Bolin wanted. Pat Bolin wanted the team to stay in the Bolin family name. And, and I think really the family has to come together at some point and support Brittany Bolin. It, it keeps the Bolin name as the controlling owner of the Denver Broncos, which that, that right there is meaningful. That's something that Pat would have wanted. And, and look, she's, she's gone through. She's very qualified. You know, I think she's doing a lot of work behind the scenes as well. She's very involved in the GM process. She wasn't on the interview panel, but she was doing some research, obviously conducting uh, research on candidates, backgrounds, and she was able to meet with George Payton for an hour to talk about her dad's philosophy. Brittany Bowen is headed in the right direction, I think, for Denver. Danny87621 again says, what do you think of Pat Shermer? I feel like he's had his ups and downs, especially with the Patriots. Uh, in terms of the Patriots, I, I'm not quite sure what you mean right there. Um, Pat Shermer though, however, here here's the deal with Pat. Now, early on in the season, there were things that I saw from the Broncos and from Drew Locke that was like, okay, maybe they're not really expanding the playbook out fully. That was something I was a little concerned about, but you know, when I went back and I watched film and I'm going through the process from going through and rewatching each game on the all 22, just watching specific angles like the end zone angle, if I'm looking at the offensive line, but just going back, it seemed like with a young football team, it took Denver quite some time to really get acclimated to really figure out what their identity was. And to be honest with you, I felt like in, in the game against the Miami Dolphins, I felt like Denver had a really good sense of what their identity could be, right? You, you get versatile with uh, G with guard pulls, some power concepts, pulling the backside 
backside guard, pulling the play side guard out, pulling the play side and backside tackle to be able to get to the next level to clear out for guys like Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. We saw that, and I think that was a bread and butter. It worked really well for Denver. And then there were certain times where you have to adjust. Like You have to be able to pass the football when the defense tries to shut that down. You have to be able to run on the inside and the A-gap, and Denver sometimes had a struggle running inside the A-gap this year. I think a lot of it, too, is you had so many different changes happening every single week. I mean, that's what it felt like. You had a new offensive lineman playing either right tackle, playing right guard because Graham Glasgow was injured. You had just different pieces being plugged in and out of that offensive line. Obviously, the week that... uh. Garrett Bulls missed against Carolina. Calvin Anderson plays at left tackle and does a pretty damn good job. Natani Muti, a guy that has a lot of promise and a lot of excitement, I think for me personally, uh, that's something I'm looking forward to seeing is this young guy grow and develop as well. So I, I think that Pat Shermer, there were times where based on, you know, down and distance, for example, third and 15, you know what, you know what defense is going to do? They're going to play their safeties back. They're going to play their cornerbacks, maybe about nine to 10 yards off the ball. They're going to force you to throw it short and then they're going to rally to tackle. You know, on third and 15, guess what? You can't really just extend it all vertical. I mean, there's concepts you can do. And Deborah ran a few against the Chargers in that first matchup with, you know, Deshaun Hamilton, Jerry Judy, and even against the Raiders in the Week 17 matchup. They were able to do that, but consistently enough, defenses pick up on tendencies. And obviously, with a pass rush, different disguised coverage looks, it's a lot to throw out a young offense. And I think that Denver's going to be better offensively in 2021. Now, thing is, can they stay healthy? You know, I, right now, I don't know about the quarterback situation. I don't know if it's going to be Drew Locke. I don't know if they're going to look at making a trade. I don't know if they're going to look at bringing a competition to push Drew Locke. All those options are on the table. So once we have a little bit more of an idea at the quarterback, then I think I can project that a little bit more. Brandon Liu, I'm going to say that. Do you want a guy like Trey Lance in round one? No, I, I don't. And look, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, you know, how come you don't like Trey Lance? I, I think that if, if Broncos fans right now are impatient with Drew Locke, look, Trey Lance has some upside, especially if some physical traits. Drew Locke has physical traits too. Drew Locke has a big arm. Drew Locke has the ability to improvise in that sense there. Trey Lance is athletic. You can run a different, you know, variety of stuff with him. You can run some power concepts, kind of similar to the way that the Buffalo Bills designed some QB runs with Josh Allen. But here's the deal. Trey Lance is still a project. You know, if Broncos fans are patient right now with Drew Locke, which, you know, look, I'm, I'm not saying that they have to be. I'd say that, you know, you could take the good and the bad with Drew Locke and say, okay, look, you know, there's things that he does really well, but he still has to improve in these areas, right? Well, Trey Lance is going to have a lot of those areas he's still going to have to improve on, right? And that's the thing. That's that's a project. Drew Locke was a project, folks. He wasn't a round one quarterback. He was a round two quarterback. That was a project that had to sit behind Joe Flacco. He wasn't supposed to play at all in 2019, folks. The plan for Denver originally was to sit Drew Locke behind Joe Flacco all 2019. Use it as a redshirt year for him to get brushed up on the playbook, being able to make those changes. Obviously, Rich Scangerello never fired him after uh, you know after the season had shortly ended. So Drew Locke hasn't really had I, I think that guy, you know, you're not going to learn too much in my opinion about being a legitimate quarterback from Joe Flacco. However, if you bring in a veteran to push Drew Locke, maybe we're going to see if he can respond to that. He hasn't had that. Jeff Driscoll wasn't that guy for him as well. But, um, you know, I'm not a big fan on Trey Lance. I think he does have some physical traits, some tools and some potential upside, but it's a risk. And is it a risk that Broncos fans are willing to take once again? Because if it doesn't work out, we're going to have the same conversation three or four years from now. Brad says, if you were the GM, what quarterback would you realistically, if you were the GM, what quarterback would you realistically go and get so Drew Locke can't compete with? Well, look, there's some names being talked about. There's some obvious names, unrestricted free agents. Andy Dalton's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he's a veteran guy. He's got a lot of wisdom. He's been an NFL starting quarterback for quite some time, uh, and obviously Cincinnati decided to part ways.
plays with him. He stepped up relatively nice, in my opinion, I think, for Dallas. Uh, you know, he got hurt that one time, especially with that very scary concussion. Then he had COVID. Uh, you know, I think for Dalton, he'd be a good experience. He'd be a good guy, I think, to push Drew Locke, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to come in and, and necessarily unseat Drew from his position. But he would be a veteran guy, a nice guy to have maybe for some wisdom there. But, you know, then again, I, it could go a variety of different ways. We never know. Jacoby Brissett is, you know, a guy the Broncos saw a couple years ago. And yeah, actually, it was 2019, yeah, when Vic Fangio and the Broncos traveled to Indianapolis. They saw Jacoby Brissett up close and personal. He has some physical traits, not necessarily in a way I think that's going to push Drew Locke to, to be the starter. I don't think that Jacoby Brissett would compete to be a starter. Um, but I think it would be a better move to bring in than, you know, Jeff Driscoll, which sucks. It sounds like I'm bagging on Jeff Driscoll. It just wasn't the move that was going to really push the Broncos at backup quarterback. And eventually, Brett Rippon became quarterback number two, which I love Brett Rippon. Brett Rippon is literally one of those veteran guys. Like, he's a, he's a young guy, but he's a veteran the way that he operates. He's very helpful in terms of helping Drew Locke when he comes out the field, telling him what he's seeing because he gets access to the camera. He gets access to the headset. He gets access to the film before Drew comes off the sideline to see the film. Brett Rippon already has access to that stuff there. So he can have an idea as to what to talk about, obviously, with the quarterback coach and, you know, and Mike Shula there. So keeping an eye on those things right there, those are things that I talk about. CJ Morgan is up next. How far away are the Broncos currently from competing with Kansas City for the AFC West with a healthy roster? Well, here's the deal, folks. I I think Denver, if they could solidify, if they can compete on offense, I think defensively they're going to be fine, especially when you get some guys back healthy. If Denver can be more consistent on offense, if they can actually capitalize on experiences, convert on third down and, and avoid those drives where they go four or five drives in a row, three and out, punting the football away, Denver can do it. And look, the way that they played against Kansas City on that Sunday night football game, it gave you a little bit of an idea, gave you some flashes as to what the Broncos offense could do. They were doing fine, but then, you know, a couple of drives of inconsistency, you punt the football away on fourth down in midfield, you know, because your defense is playing relatively well against the Chiefs. You don't get that. You don't get a chance until the end of the game to really try to go out there and maybe try to win the game. So, you know, I think Denver, I don't know. I think they're a couple pieces away. And if they have better consistent quarterback play, maybe, maybe. I mean, anything's possible. But right now, Kansas City, they're at the top of the tier, folks. And they're there for a reason. They have a, a franchise quarterback and all the weapons possible. Denver has weapons, I think, that has the potential. But you have to have the play from the quarterback. Donald Netanyahu says, watching the Kansas City versus Cleveland game Sunday made me jealous because I know Vic would never ever make the decisions that Andy made to win that game. Am I wrong, Cody? You may not be wrong there. And the reason I say that too is, and one of the things we talk about is going for it on fourth down, right? Instead of punting it. The Browns did the same thing the Broncos did. They punted the football away and were hoping that they could get a stop against Chad Henney. And that was not the case. And obviously that fourth and inches play or fourth and one play that they did, that's ballsy by Andy Reid. Look, you got, it's the playoffs. You have to be aggressive. Now, for Denver, it was the regular season. I mean, I get it. At that point, you had nothing to lose. Go for it. I could also see the side why the Broncos didn't go for it. I mean, I, I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm a defensive coach. I can think that way. And, I, you know, I understand it. But I also understand the other side as to why you should have gone for it. A couple more here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, folks. We're going to get Danny. Danny says, what do you think the issue is with our defense not creating turnovers? You know, a lot of it, too. That's a great question. I mean, Denver, they were getting stops. They were forcing punts. I mean, think about there. I, I can recall several games where Denver had dropped interceptions. Devontae Bosby had several games this year where he dropped an interception. Kareem Jackson against the Chiefs had dropped an interception. It just seemed like any time the Broncos had a chance to get a turnover, especially towards the end of the season, that second to last game against the Chargers right before halftime, you get a big time sack on Justin Herbert. He fumbles the ball. Guess what? The Broncos, they cannot get on it. They cannot recover. Anytime they forced a fumble, it just seemed like they couldn't get on the ball and they just had these missed opportunities. Look, I, I think when you get some healthy pieces back and, and look, Malik Reed stepped up phenomenally this year for Von Miller, but if Von Miller returns next season for some reason, if it does, 
because if the investigation comes out and he's clean, he's clear, and Denver's going to bring him back, uh, that's going to help. Him and Bradley Chubb healthy, that's going to help. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson back in the back end of that secondary, that's going to help. If Denver could get some legitimate help at cornerback on the outside, that's great because Bryce Callahan, he's going to start in that nickel. He's going to be that slot guy. He's going to make Denver that much better. And when Bryce Callahan was gone, we saw them struggle. And when Bryce Callahan was playing on the outside and saying Bassey was playing in the nickel, the Broncos defense was playing really damn well. Then it's saying Bassey tears his ACL against the Chiefs. So there's a couple things that didn't go the way that Denver had hoped for. But look, I think they have the potential to be able to do that. Couple more here on today's episode of the show, folks. Getting there, scrolling through the comments here. Uh, right here it says that critical Broncos fan. Yes or no? Chargers are the second team to worry about in the AFC West. Yes. Um, however, I am a little concerned about their decision to hire a defensive-minded head coach when they have an offensive quarterback who's, who's going to be a superstar, a legitimate playmaker at quarterback, and the offensive weapons with Eckler, with Mike Williams, with Keenan Allen, and some young guys, especially in that slot, and Hunter Henry. I'm very surprised they went with a defensive-minded head coach. Now, look, they have a ton of defensive personnel and talent. Don't get me wrong, Bosa and Ingram. Ingram's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Chris Harris Jr., Casey Hayward, Derwin James coming back from an injury. They are a very, very scary football team on paper, right? But having a defensive-minded head coach, who are they going to bring in on the offensive side of the ball? Part of me is wondering, they couldn't have waited to hire Brian Dable from the Buffalo Bills, who was at one point this past weekend the favorite for the Chargers job. They decided to go defense, which, look, I... I I can't blame them. Look, you, you, you want to be able to take the number one NFL defense with the Rams and do the magic that you did as a first-year DC. I think it was super risky for the Chargers to go to a guy who's just coming off of his first season as a, fir- a full-time defense coordinator in the NFL after being an outside linebacker coach the year prior with the Broncos, and then now he's going straight from a first-year DC job to a first-year head coaching job. That, to me, is a little bit concerning. So, I don't know. I, that's it, It's tricky. I mean, it's really tricky at the end of the day when you think about all the factors that really go into that decision. You know, I can see why they made it because they, they, defensively, the, the Chargers weren't as great, um, especially at the midpoint of the season, but they were dealing with injuries just like a lot of other teams. I imagine defense is going to be their strong suit next year, and they're hoping that they can just get an offensive play caller that can call a good offense for a guy like Justin Herbert and the, and the talent around him. But, yeah, they, I think they are the, the team number two that you got to worry about in the AFC West. JB Intellectual says, uh, what are your thoughts on our new GM? Look, I, I like what George Payton had said. Look, he, he he talks a great game. But now, you know, I think for the Broncos, it's about just waiting and see it. And I encourage Broncos fans, look, it's not just going to be a process that turns around, right? If it does, if, if the Broncos turn around and win a bunch of games next year right away, phenomenal. That's great. But I'm telling Broncos fans, don't. Don't be disappointed if it takes them one to two or maybe two to three years to actually get to a real winning football contending in the AFC West type of vibe. I mean, it's going to take some time. I think Denver has pieces to do it to compete. We've seen that. However, it's all about what you do on the field. I think Denver was snake bit with injuries. I think they were snake bit with inexperience and sometimes some poor coaching decisions, but even some poor execution from the quarterback position. And if those areas can shape up a little bit, just even a minute bit, they can, I think they can come back into 2021 maybe make a little bit of noise i think this the schedule is a little bit more favorable but then again every nfl team changes from year to year folks um, but with that said broncos country thank you so much for tuning in today's episode lockdown broncos live here on youtube and on periscope i appreciate your questions uh, if you stick around a little bit longer we're going to do a you know after after the podcast session so stay here live but with that said check us out on tomorrow's episode lockdown broncos folks for friday we have an afc nfc championship preview and we're going to talk about it from the perspective that we have played those teams. We go through, we take a look at the film, and we predict the AFC and the NFC Championship. I'm Cody Rourke, your host of Lockdown Broncos. See you tomorrow.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.